Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntsinger at Thunder Chats, where you're part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, uh, some fun things have happened today, and we are going to talk about these fun things. Uh, but first, I got to introduce my co host. First, we got in the Bat Cave. He is on precious time right now. Uh, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Alejandro. He's not dying. I shouldn't have said it like that. I apologize. <laughs> Alex, how are you? <laughs> Alex, I'll borrow time. That's, so, that's a precious. Okay. All, t- all, t- all time is precious. All there time is precious. So, so cherish it. There you go. Words of wisdom, fruit, fruit for thought. Um, that didn't make any sense. But also joining us, I'm just going to call him the underscone. Underscone. Connor, what up, Cone? I'm good, man, bro. What a what a day! This has been a hell of a day in the NBA world. Um, I've worked a lot since the Dame trade happened. It was nonstop the second it happened. It was um, did a BR stream, made a YouTube video, like did some content stuff for Enjoy Basketball. It was nonstop the second the Dame trade happened. It was the the rest of the day was wrapped. So it's been a busy one, but it's really exciting. I have a lot of thoughts about the Dame trade. I know we're gonna get into it. Mm-hmm. here soon but I'm, I'm glad it's finally done especially I, I got so sick of oh this team is interested in not giving up this asset or this is what the heat and portland trailblazers are doing for the 50th time that they've talked or rumored to have talked like i'm just glad it's done and it happened in a, a fashion that i never would have guessed so it's it's a good day to be an nba fan and it's got me extremely hyped for the upcoming season not that i already wasn't yeah, absolutely. I'm like, without further ado, let's get into the trade, man. So <clears throat> Adrian Wojnarowski was first on the beat. Uh, Shams tweeted out um, a, a proposed deal, apparently, that almost yeah. happened. But yeah, got that, that got deleted pretty quick. But uh, Woj with the correct info. Um, this is just the full trade details. I'm not reading the tweets or anything like that. But the gist of it, Milwaukee Bucks received Damian Willard. Uh, the Portland Trail Blazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, Guy that I liked during the draft process. Uh, the a 29 bucks first round pick, a 29 bucks pick swap. And then, the, uh, well, this is incorrect. Whoever made yeah, this so it's, it's 29 unprotected first from, from Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then two pick swaps, 28 and 30 unprotected. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes more sense, anyways. I don't know why I even read it like that. Um, and then the Suns receive use of Nurkic. Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and everybody's favorite player, Grayson Allen. Uh, so, fellas, obviously, we got thoughts about this trade. I mean, first and foremost, we got to talk about, you know, the, the big name, and it's Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard teaming up to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Milwaukee. Cones talks about it a lot, so we're going to give him a little bit of a break. And, Alex, we're going to let you cook for a little bit. What, what do you think about this trade for Milwaukee? And uh, how do, how do you see Dame and Giannis working together? So I mean, I, I put a I put a tweet out there um, that said just bravo to the Milwaukee front office and to the Milwaukee ownership group. You know, bravo for taking that chance. It, it is a chance because of course Dame is older. Dame has a ton of money left on his deal to where 
The last year, I believe, is like $60 million a year. Um, but Bravo and them ponying, ponying up, paying the luxury tax, paying the double eight, the second apron, whatever they're going to be paying, um, because, you know, they know that keeping Giannis in town is what is going to be their bread and butter. Like, you're not, you know, Milwaukee, just like Oklahoma City, just like New Orleans, just like Orlando, Salt Lake City, all these small market teams, man, whenever they have that player, they need to hold on to them as long as possible. You know, that's what we tried to do with Russell Westbrook. We tried, mm-hmm. we tried to prolong that um, that part of his career, that prime of his career. You know, we almost wish that Kevin Durant would have told us his intentions so that we could have maybe, you know, gotten some assets to help Russell along. Um, but whenever you're doing this type of – whenever you are this type of team, you need to prolong that as long as possible. And you already heard the rumblings from, from Giannis this offseason about, hey, I'm a Bucks player now, but I'm a, win- I'm, I'm a winner, and I want to keep winning. And so what basically we, what he was saying to Milwaukee is, hey, you know, last couple seasons we've seen first-round exit. We've seen struggles in the playoffs, injuries. I need more help. You know, this team needs, you know, something else. And so, you know, props to them for, for going out there and taking the biggest swing possible and getting Dane Lillard, Lillard into Milwaukee. As far as how they're going to work, I think it's awesome, man. I think, you know, so much gravity, Giannis pulls whenever he's driving to the basket, that the amount of space is going to be available for Dane to operate, the amount of space is going to be available for you know, for Chris Middleton to continue to operate from the outside, for Brooke Lopez to continue operating from the outside. It's going to be so immense that, you know, you're going to see, I believe, you know, I believe Dame and Giannis are going to be the only pair of teammates this season to score 50 points each. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know how you stop this box team. Genuinely, this is ridiculous. This could go down, you know, we have to see how things work, but it could go down for a number of reasons as one of the greatest trades of all time from what I've looked at or from what I'm thinking here, mainly because not only is this getting Giannis a top 10 player in the world who probably just had his best individual season ever in Damian Lillard for not much at all. Like Drew Holiday, it sucks to lose him. He was big in them winning the championship. The guard defense is going to suffer, but you get Dame. You have two 30-point-per-game scorers now, two top 10 players, the best duo in the league over there in Milwaukee after, like Alex said, all summer. It wasn't once where he alluded to it. Every time Giannis was interviewed, someone held a microphone up to him. He said, hey, he was basically planting the seeds to leave. It's really what it felt like this entire mm. summer. I mean, to the, now, point, to the point where we were like, hey, do we have a chance? Yeah, like you next know, summer it thing. felt like, you know, we'll talk about this later when we talk about the Sam Presti press conference, but – you know, it's, there's been a lot of discussion about when does that star trade come if you're the Thunder? And is it Giannis? Because it seemed like he was angling to leave for good reason. The Bucks were screwed. Like, I don't know how much y'all or anyone listening have looked at their payroll. It's bad. Like, Giannis was a free agent after this upcoming year or after next year because he had a player option in 2025, 2026, which he wasn't going to take. He was going to go get a bag. Drew Holiday had a player option after this season, which he could have declined, or even if he picked up, he had talked about retiring at some point soon after that contract finished. Chris Middleton had just two years left. Brooke Lopez had a few years left, and he's getting up there in age. Like this team was seemingly screwed. Like this upcoming year felt like maybe their last chance, or maybe even the year following, to win a title. And now they get Dame. Like every time Giannis has talked about, you know, maybe I'm going to leave or there's an inkling of him maybe leaving, they make some blockbuster deal. It was Drew the first time, and now it's Damian Lillard. And they got this thing done out of nowhere, stealing him away from one of their biggest rivals in the Heat, at no less. Like everything about this trade is an A plus for the Bucs. I can't believe they pulled this off. It's just like ridiculous to even think about Giannis and Damian Lillard. Like, how do you stop that duo? You put them in a pick and roll with Giannis. Giannis driving to the rim with Damian Lillard, one of the best scoring guards in the league on the other side of that. And they've got shooters around with Brooke Lopez who can hit the ball, hit the three ball at like a 38, 40% clip. Chris Middleton can do similar stuff. They added Malik Beasley too, who's another shooter. Pat Connaughton can knock down shots. Bobby Porter from the corner. Bobby Bobby Porter. Exactly. Like this team has shooters. 
the defense, I'm not really worried about it. Like losing Drew sucks, but you still got Giannis and Brooke Lopez who finished top two in Depoy last year. Like, I'm not really worried about that. This is a home run, like way beyond an A plus for the Bucks, in my opinion. It's absurd. I can't believe they got this done. When I got the notification, I'll keep it less explicit, but I just said, holy F, holy F, holy F for literally 30 seconds because I could not believe it. <laughs> and the more that I think about it, the more that this is legitimately a perfect trade for the Bucks. I can't believe they pulled this off. So I, I was in, I was in the, uh, I was in the post office. Um, I had to send some, you know, some stuff off, and like our post office has like a a corner, has like a caddy corner, and so like I went to the corner and I got that notification, and like I was all by myself and I was like, what? Like if somebody would have caught me on camera, they would have thought like something, you know, something bad happened in my family or something like that. Like somebody was sending me a text or something like that. But like it was genuinely one of those you know, Paul George traded to the Oklahoma City type moments. Like, we were not expecting exactly at all. There were no breadcrumbs. There were no nothing. You know, if the, if it would have been Toronto, you'd been like, okay, I've heard people talking about that for the past week. But Milwaukee just came out of nowhere yeah, and just swooped in and got Dame. And, and hey, man, props, again, props to the ownership, props to the front office. They deserve a lot of credit. Like, literally, both times Giannis has even hinted at leaving. One of the greatest players – in their franchise history, going to go down as one of the best players of all time. You can't, like you said, you can't let that guy walk if you're the Bucks. You have to do whatever you can, and they did it again. Like last time, they gave up a bunch of assets, and they didn't give up, like for the Drew trade, they gave up like four or five first-round picks and swaps. Mm -hmm. This they gave up two first-round picks or one first-round pick down the line, a couple of swaps, which, yeah, at that point when Dame's probably retired, Brooks gone, Chris is gone, maybe Giannis is gone. Like that's going to suck. You're going to wish you had those picks. But in the meantime, you made yourselves maybe the best team in the entire NBA. Like, that's a yeah, trade they would make a hundred times out of a hundred. If you get another championship out of this, you're good with it for the next for the next decade. You're good. You're good with it. Oh, for sure. In my yeah. opinion, if you win a championship through a trade, I don't care what you gave up, it was worth it because it's so hard to win a chip in this league. This was completely worth it. Like, and also you had the Celtics who got better out of Chris Ups Porzingis. You lost the first run to the Heat. It felt like this was the end of the Bucks. You know, the Celtics were going to win the East, whatever. Now it's it's the Bucks conference to lose, in my opinion. At, at least looking at them right now, the Celtics are still really good. Those are the two best teams by far, but it's it's absurd. Yeah, I I just you know I got to chime in and say like uh, I still have the Celtics finishing first in the Eastern Conference. That's just I, that's yeah, just they're me. really think, good. Yeah, I think continuity has a lot to do with it. Like you know you you have a team that has been deep in the playoffs, you know, for multiple years at this point, like a young core and, and that has been, you know, seen success in the playoffs with that. Obviously adding Chris stops and that's a factor <laughs> and health's a huge factor with Chris stops. Like that's a huge question. Um, I don't disagree with anything you're saying about like offensively, what they're going to look like. Like, I, I think that you couldn't take another player that, um, makes up for the weaknesses of each other's games like Dame and Giannis do for each other um, on the defensive end for Dame and then the offensive end for Giannis. Um, but the question that I do have for Milwaukee is, you know, defensively, like you said, you know, you said you're not worried about it, and I get it because, you know, you have the rim protection of Giannis and Brooke Lopez, but we're seeing year after year the importance of point of, point of attack defense in the NBA. And, you know, specifically, like, you know, in, in playoff series, how important it is to have that guy that can kind of, you know, slow down that ball handler. You know, if you have a Steph Curry, like, say they're playing the Warriors in the finals, like, if you have a Steph Curry who's hot from three, it doesn't matter if you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez down there. Steph Curry's going to be bombing threes away on, you know, freaking uh, the shell of Chris Middleton. So that I, that's still a concern for me. But, you know, I, like I said, like on paper, like, you know, the matchup, like, you know, just like, uh, you know, filling each other's weaknesses, like, couldn't be any better. And I, I still – I was very high on this Bucks team anyways. I think I had them two, maybe three, but I'm pretty sure I had them two in the East before this trade anyways. And, like, they're still right there. I think they're closer to one than they were before. But, like, I, I, I've been expecting that, like, MVP leap from Jason Tatum for, like, the past couple of years. And I think, you know, that he's on the precipice of that. Obviously, Jalen Brown just got paid. He's under much scrutiny about, you know, his shortcomings in the playoffs. Like, he's got a lot that he's got to live up to. Um, you know, very excited about Derek White. 
they are. Uh, Christos Porzingis, like, you know, they've got a lot of other pieces there that I, I think, are, you know, are a bad matchup for Milwaukee. So um, that, that's kind of my thinking. But, you know, the other thing that you said, Cone, you know, you talked about, you know, them snatching Dame out from the Miami Heat, who is like, you know, one of their rivals. Not only did you snatch Dame up, but or not only is like, you know, they just a rival and they're a team that, thought they was going to get Damian Willard. They're a team that was in play for Giannis. They're a team that thought that they was going to be able to possibly put something together and, you know, bring Giannis in in a couple of years as well. So, you know, in that facet, you know, you also mm. win there. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, it's a it's a 100% a win for the Bucks, but I, I'm not going to annoy them the number one team in the conference just yet. That's fair. That's fair. I do think the Celt, like – the Celtics Bucks, barring injuries, I would be shocked mm-hmm. if that's not the Eastern Conference Finals matchup. And I cannot wait for that series. That's going to be really fun. And, you know, if the Bucks do make it out, thinking about a Bucks versus Nuggets series possibly in the finals is also Ooh. really fun with, you mm-hmm. know, Dame versus Jamal Murray, like the star power, Giannis versus Jokic, the two best in the world until Shea gets up there. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. It's going to be really fun. Um, I guess, do we want to real quick talk about what it means for the other teams? Because, you know, the Blazers and Suns got involved. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I was also going to say the other thing is it takes Dame out of the Western Conference. So that's just another that guard nice. that Shea doesn't have to compete with for that uh, all-star spot. So That's true. There you go. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, Drew Holiday obviously is like the the big name. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking at Portland – you know, Aiton makes sense. You know, he's obviously got his second contract already, but he's still young. Kamara, obviously, is a young draft pick. But Drew Holiday is the one that sticks out, and he's already drawing interest. Come I'm going to ask you, where do you want to see Drew Holiday go? So there's a number of spots that are interesting. Funnily enough, I think Miami kind of makes sense mm-hmm. as of it because, I mean, they're looking for a point guard. We We know that. So I think he's not a bad, you know, secondary option. I've seen – the Sixers in some rumors, apparently they could look to bring him back. Obviously mm-hmm. the team that drafted him. If James Harden wants out, if you can add Drew and maybe an asset of some kind in a three team deal, maybe Harden goes to the Clippers or some other team. Like, I don't think that's the worst case scenario. I don't think it's, it feels kind of lateral between James Harden and Drew Holly. Like it doesn't make you that much better. I don't think they're going to compete with the Bucks or the Celtics, but they would still be good and it would keep him beat happy for the moment. You can figure something out later. So maybe them, I mean, I do think the Clippers, if they want to still add another guard and it's not Harden, maybe Drew ends up there. I saw some report about the Warriors. Uniting Drew and Russ again? That'd be fun. That would be, yeah. So, like, like there's a number of different options that I think are interesting for for Drew Holiday. Uh, Something that is important to note is apparently the trade just got finalized. So that means Drew can only be traded without aggregating other salary, which I don't think he would have anyways, because he's got a big contract, but it is just something important to note. There is maybe a possibility that Drew could go into the season with them if they wanted to like have him play up his value, but I still expect him to get moved before the season. And there are so many teams that could benefit from having him. I even saw the Celtics being interested in maybe trying to find some way to add Drew Holiday, which would be great. Uh, the salary is like impossible to make work. They'd have to give up Brogdon and Al Horford at the very least, plus like a, a Peyton Pritchard, which really kills their depth a lot. So I don't know if they're going to make that deal, but it's another team that I saw um, reported. So there's a bunch of different squads that could be mm-hmm. interested. It really would be hilarious if it's Miami, though. Like out of all teams, I think the funniest outcome is him going to Miami because of this whole thing that's been going down. Uh, and then, and then my, Miami saying, this is the player we wanted all along. We were just doing smoke screens to get to Drew, Drew Holiday. So. Yeah, this is what they were looking for the whole time. I honestly yeah, think the Pelicans, too, yeah. are an interesting option for Drew. Yeah. Um, like a CJ McCollum, Drew Holiday swap would honestly make a lot of sense for the Pelicans. Oh. And, you know, send CJ McCollum back there. Maybe it's a three-team deal of some kind. Uh, but, yeah, there's a number of teams that I think should be interested. Drew's really good. He was an all-star this past year, one of the league's best perimeter defenders. I expect him to get dealt for probably pretty soon because he has no way, like no spot on the Blazers. There's no reason for him to be there. Uh, I do like them also picking up Aiton for Nurkic, like just getting that out of this deal, like way younger, gets a new chance over there in Portland with not that many expectations. You give a big four, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, and Scoot to play with right away. That Portland team's not going to be good, but they're going to be really fun. They're at the very minimum going to be a fun young team that I'm excited to watch. I think they've done a good job of starting the rebuild. I've seen a lot of people hate this package. 
but I really think those buck swaps and, and that pick can be extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. And once you flip Drew, I think they're going to get a decent number of assets for Drew, which ultimately will end up being like the big win of this trade for the Blazers. So I think it's fine for them. Yeah, I think this is one of those rare occurrences where a three-team trade, where all three of them benefit. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I honestly think, of course, you know, Milwaukee got Dame, uh, Portland. They got younger. They got assets, which is what they were looking for. You know, they got, you know, they got their big for the future. They got some money, Kamara, um, and then you got a, a couple draft picks, and then you got Drew Holiday, which you can flip um, for more assets. Uh, but the Phoenix point of this, the Phoenix part of this, <laughs> is also good. You know, because they ended up getting a more tougher, a more defensive-minded center. I know he's older, um, but on that team, I'm pretty sure he, you know, they can make it work. And then they got four guys, I mean, three other guys that can help shore up their depth. You know, one of the things that, you know, one of the things that Phoenix really needed was more depth and guys that necessarily aren't on, you know, minimum salary contracts. So, the, you know, you got Keon Johnson, um, you got, uh, who else did they get? They got a uh, little Grayson yeah. Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen is going to be a great addition to that team. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be hated just like a lot of the other players on that team, so he'll fit right in. Um, but I think they got, for, you know, for giving up one player in Aiden and Kamara also, but Kamara's a rookie, second rounder. Uh, for giving up one player, they ended up getting something that they really needed, which was another center, maybe more defensive-minded, and more depth. And so I think in the end, this is going to be a win-win-win for all three teams. And, it'd be you know, it would be hilarious if – uh, Milwaukee and Phoenix made these trades with each other in order to meet in the finals here in June. Yeah. I think it's a possibility, yeah. Yeah, I can't lie, man. Like, looking at Phoenix's side, I just don't see it, man. I don't like any of these players. <laughs> like, Grayson Allen, I'm sure he'll have he'll have a fine role off the bench. Nasir Little, he's the guy that's been, you know, two years away from being two years away for, like, the past, like, three or four years. And uh Keon Johnson he's still young like he's definitely you know has the ability but like I am I taking crazy pills with Yusuf Nurkic like I don't remember this guy doing anything like worth <laughs> anything in like the past like three seasons like why are people so excited about this yeah Nurkic is I'm also not very high in Nurkic I think he's fine I think he's a downgrade from Aiden in my opinion I don't think it's absurd and one thing I will like Part of me feels like the eight and sons relationship might've just been done at this yeah. point. Like it feels like it was probably fractured to the point where it just really was not that salvageable. You also with Nurkic, you do get a center who I think is going to buy into this a lot more. Aiton has consistently talked about not being happy with his role and wanting more touches. And now they added Bradley Beal. So instead you had Nurkic who probably isn't going to care too much about that. Just at screens. Maybe he can pop out for threes, not a great defender. Like he's, He's fine, and I think he'll hold up. That's still the big worry for me with the Suns. Offensively, I think they're going to be great, but defensively, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a concern. Uh, Nas Little does add defensive-minded toughness to that team, which I think helps. Mm-hmm. Grayson Allen's a decent defender, and he can knock down some threes as well. Like, I think their depth definitely got better. I am worried a little bit about the defense still. We'll have to see if Nurkic can stay healthy too because that's been a problem with him as well. Yeah. But – in terms of trading one like really solid rotational piece for three or for one solid one in Nurkic and a couple of decent ones in like Nas Little and Grayson Allen, I think it probably ends up working out. You also do have now less like of a really big contract on the books. You don't have DeAndre Ayton anymore mm-hmm. who's making a ridiculous amount of money. You don't have that extra max player now. So maybe in a few years, if some salary cap space clears up, it clears up your books a little bit. Like I think there's some positives to me i think the biggest winner of this trade is by far the bucks mm-hmm. then the blazers then probably the suns just because i'll have to see how it looks which has been the case with the suns for a while now but i do like the idea of adding some more solidified depth because i like their pieces but it wasn't great by any means now i think they've got decent enough depth with the, the star power to go with it with you know kevin durant booker beal mm-hmm. i will say at least now they have options you know they have a chance yeah. to like you know Kind of throw crap at the wall, see what sticks with this mm-hmm. team. Uh, come on, yeah, they're not stuck with the guys that picked up in free agency. Now they got to hand pick some players that they think can better fill these roles. And I think Grayson Allen and Nas Little are better than most of the role players they picked up. Like they're gonna contribute from day one on this team. 
Yeah, I got you. I, I do want to circle back real quick before we like transition off this trade. Uh, you know, obviously, we talked about some teams that Drew Holiday could go to. And I just want to burst the subject because I've seen some people talk about this on Twitter. Uh, but before I even saw this, I kind of thought this in my head as well. What would a trade to the Oklahoma City Thunder look like for Drew Holiday? Bertans and Dort. See, that's what I thought. But, like, is that something I mean, Portland would even want? They, so I think Bert, they'd want Dort. They want Dort. I think Bertans, Dort, and then probably say two first-round picks. Yeah. Not necessarily, yeah, not, necessarily, not necessarily good first-round pick, but just first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not at all interested in that deal. Like, that doesn't move the needle at all for me. But, yeah, I think it would look something like that if we we're making that deal. And no thanks, I'm good. We got we got guards. If, if, Drew, was, if Drew was 28, then we're talking. Yeah. But, you know, he's at that point where he's talking about retirement. So, yeah, yeah I'm good. No thanks. Yeah, also, I will say he didn't I will, make as much too. Yeah, the salary is ridiculous. Thirty six point nine. Yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Well, no. What I, what I was gonna say is, at, this creates a little bit of a vacuum with teams needing guards. I've always said Trey Mann, Miami, almost sounds like a like a match made in heaven. Like I, I could definitely see if. True Holiday doesn't work for Miami. Maybe them looking for a younger replacement that can shoot. And so Trey Mann would be that guy. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you hear the – you got the whole joke about like, oh, can we get burgers? Oh, we have burgers at home. It's like Trey Mann's not Dame at home. Trey Mann's like the Dame that's like stuck in between, you know, your seats in the car. But you know, he he provides a little bit of shot making, like like you would have got out of Dame. Hey, it's not, players, not a starter players, level. Players go to Miami and somehow find like this heat magic that that just works on them, and and they become great while they're over there in Miami. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did the Heat did make a big move today. They signed R.J. Hampton to a two way deal, Ooh. so that's that could be the guard that saves them there. It's. Yeah, Miami's a wreck right now. By far the biggest loser of this trade is Miami. Like, this yeah. is the 40th time it feels like where, oh, Miami's a destination that maybe this star player lands and they strike out. Dame was practically begging to go to Miami, like, in public. In private. No, he was begging, yeah. Yeah, in private, we know he was. But in public, like, posting all this stuff, like, kind of referencing Miami, his agents putting out tweets. Like, there's this one cousin of his that was putting out a bunch of tweets hinting at Miami. I saw some, like person who was affiliated with him i don't know how i don't remember but they were like this is about to be pat riley's mona lisa is a tweet that i literally saw like <laughs> it's i don't know it the by far the biggest losers of the heat in this and and, the, in, and an indirect winner of this could be the oklahoma city thunder because that 2025 pick is top 14 protected but then if you know if miami happens to draft in the lottery that year their 2026 pick is unprotected yeah. Um, and so as that team moves forward, not a lot of options, players getting older, I could definitely see a scenario where they may miss the playoffs in a year and then go ahead and give us that 2026 pick um, unprotected. So maybe a possible winner, and this could be the Thunder somehow. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Um, all right, well, that is all we got to talk about the Dame trade. Uh, let's take a break, and on the other side of the break, let's talk about the man of the hour, the middle-aged white man. We sit, sat around talking for two hours about a random team that plays basketball in Oklahoma, Sam Presti, in his press conference. After a word from our sponsors. And we're back after a word from our sponsors. Uh, so, fellas, it was, it, was, it was the day, the state of the Presti press conference – Happened today, kicking off the Oklahoma City Thunder season as we know it. Um, let's let's single our job in this piece, man. And uh, you know, I I feel like I feel like I want to start here just because Sam Presti spoke to my soul in uh, one of his quotes today and talking about my favorite player, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and he he used a verbiage that is uh has become all too familiar to. Not only myself, not only you guys, my co-hosts, but also the listeners of this podcast. 
whenever he talked about Shay being in the lab. Like I, I, I wish we could just clip this. Like you know, Sam Presti just saying that Shay's been in the lab because it's like I've been saying this for the past two years of this podcast. Two years. Yeah, You've been that's what that the whole time that Shay's been here. All right, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean this 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 is a term that I've coined a long time. Like it's a running joke at this point, but I was smiling ear to ear when I heard Samuel Presti utter the phrase in the lab uh, about Shay Gildas Alexander, and um, you know obviously you know we've seen evidence of it already. We've seen like you know a small glimpse of it in FIBA World Cup play. You know the uh, amount of work that Shay's put in. You know what he's already added to his game. Uh, in terms of, you know, not just scoring the basketball, but defensively. And I think that I think that's been a huge point of emphasis in his game this offseason in his steps to improvement is just his defense because we saw him become a absolute terror in terms of like off ball defense uh this year in the NBA. Like he was like I think top five in deflections. He was like finished top five in steals per game. Obviously I think he had the most blocks as a guard. Um, you know, so like weak side off ball, he's been a phenomenal defender. But what we saw in the World Cup games is he stepped up his on ball defense and he was starting to look like a menace on ball as well. And obviously, I don't think that's the end of it. I don't think that that's the only thing that he's been working on in the lab. But it, it was fun to hear Presty say that specifically, but also, you know, just talking about the work ethic and the prospect of Shea adding even more to his game coming off of a first team all NBA season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Shea's a constant worker. Every time we've had an off season, Shea has gotten drastically better. And I think that's, it's no surprise that Shea's probably going to get better again, being in, you know, again, like you like to say the lab. So I'm really excited to see what Shea brings to the table. He talked about him a lot. Uh, he also, when he was talking about, you know, making a, a deal of some kind for a superstar he mentioned that we already had one of those type of guys, obviously referring to Shea. Mm-hmm. And it was just cool because Sam's very like low key and humble. He doesn't like to go too crazy with things. Like they were asked about Jalen Williams' progression and how JJ Rex said he could be an all-star. And he was basically like, you know, sometimes second year players have struggles. Like he doesn't like to go crazy and say like, oh, this guy's going to be an all-star, superstar, whatever. He doesn't make predictions, I think was one of the things he said today. So for him to go out there and say, yeah, like we already have one of those superstar guys in Shea. It's just it's just cool to see from a guy who really doesn't use terms or refer to players like that very often. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, something else that he said that like kind of stuck out to me is uh, the quote that he said. I, I don't have the exact quote. My phone is dead now. Um, but he said something along the lines of we like there's no like being around the bush like we're going to be better than we were last year at mm. the at the end of the season i think is what he said specifically and you know i i said this in a tiktok i made last night like sam presti like has done a great job of tempering expectations over the course of this rebuild like you know getting into the season seeing all these workout videos it's easy to get excited you know to watch your team play basketball and you know it's easy to let your mind wonder about like you know what they can actually do on the court but Every year, Sam Presti has been like, okay, let's like pump the brakes a little bit. Like, it's going to be rough. Like, this is, you know, kind of step one. This is the bottom of the mountain. We haven't started climbing that mountain yet. All these, all these different like turn of phrases. But this year, he's like, no, we're good. Like, you know, last year when we made, we made the playing game, last year when we kept improving week by week by week, last year we won 40 games. We're going to be better than that this year. Like, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. We're going to be better than that this year. So, um, mm-hmm. to, to hear a guy that's so measured as Sam Presti to just come right out and say that, mm-hmm. that had me really excited. Yeah, the exact quote was, like you said, we are going to be a better team by the end of the season. Will that amount in a symbolic achievement? I don't know, but I'm confident we will be a better team. Like you said, usually is kind of underselling a little bit. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. Like, I feel like we could have the set, like the 72 and 10 Bulls like roster out there. And he's like, we might be a little bit better. You know, we got to worry about results <laughs> or it's not all about, all about results. It's the process. But hearing him say that is cool. I'm trying to think of, there's another quote that he said, which I can't remember what it was. Um, 
I don't know. I guess we can talk a little bit about some of the players in particular that he mentioned. I thought was interesting when talking about the the bench. He mm-hmm. mentioned Davis Bertans by name as being a shooter out there, which indicates that he'll probably be here for this upcoming season. A lot of laser. Yeah, he also mentioned Trey Mann and Jeremiah Robinson Earl like mm-hmm. wearing the practice gym out, so it seems like they'll probably be here this season, which is making it like, kind of tough to figure out like because we're running out of spots at that point. We still got to get rid of some people. Uh, he talked about when referring to the bench. Obviously, he talked about uh, Micic. He referred to him as being a bench player, which we figured would be the case. But I know some people have mm-hmm. talked about him starting. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I think everybody knows the starting lineup is Shea, Giddy, Dort, Chet, and uh, Jada. Almost forgot him for a moment. But yeah, I think that's kind of all the things. Oh, I know he mentioned Oladipo isn't going to be coming to training camp. Yeah. Uh, you know, he dealt with that injury at the end of the uh, heat, or not the end of the heat season, but towards the beginning of their postseason run. So it makes sense that he's not going to be there. And it does seem like Oladipo was probably going to be one of those guys cut from what the way he was wording it talking about we have to figure out what we're going to do with that contract he also was like oh you know we're all Oladipo fans here I like it seems like Oladipo is probably gone which isn't surprising but it's it's notable I think yeah no for sure and you know that's that's one of the names that you know you is going to end up being cut and like you know the idea was you know you can take what like 20 players into training camp um you know before like you have to make final cuts but the fact that Victor isn't even coming to training camp, like I, I don't see why we haven't already done the job. Like I don't see why we haven't already cut him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, once you cut Victor Oladipo, I believe there's two other spots that you're gonna have to make, like you're gonna have to cut. And I, I still believe, despite what Sam Presti said, uh, I think it's a little bit of posturing. I, I think one of those spots is gonna come down to Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Jack White. Yeah. Um, the other spot's a mystery box. I don't know what's going to happen there, but um, he also talked about uh, Poku and you know him being hurt now, and him you know playing well before his injury last year. Um, somebody he didn't mention, uh, unless I missed it, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you on this. Did he mention Usman Jang at all? Did anybody ask about Usman Jang? I missed the first like. Probably, I missed the first, what, 15-ish, 20, maybe up to like 30 minutes of it. I missed a little bit of it, so I don't know if he mentioned ooze. That's usually when he's monologuing, so I doubt he said anything then. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about ooze in particular, I don't think. So, Well, that makes me sad. Um, not even not even at you, Sam, for not mentioning Usman Jang, but you, Thunder Media, if Alex, Roig, if Alex Roig was there, the Jang gang would have been represented and we would have had a question about Usman Jang and expectations for his season. Yeah. That's, gosh. I'm this is why move, you need to move to Oklahoma to get the, get the people the answers <laughs> are looking for about Usman Jang. That's... That's your next mission, Dylan. We're, we're all we're all counting on you and looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get me started on that. Um, <laughs> but he was also um, he was also asked about the new arena and everything going on with that. And yeah, he kind of had to play it coy because he was like, obviously, I'm biased, mm-hmm. you know, and what I want to happen. But um, he championed a friend of the pod, uh, Mayor David Holt, and the whole process behind this, and mentioned that he believes that this will be a win for not for the thunder, but for Oklahoma city in general, which kind of echoes what we've said about the arena. Uh, yeah. I haven't got to talk to you about the arena. I think uh, we, we talked about it the night that we were all on the podcast for like, you know, a solid five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on all this Ken? Uh It's cool. Obviously I'm not from Oklahoma. I've only been there twice, mm-hmm. so I can't speak for people in OKC itself, but it sounds like a good deal. Obviously, from everything I've read and every like comment that I've looked at about it from people that live in OKC, it seems like Oklahoma's really, or OKC in particular, has really skyrocketed in terms of the places that want to be there, the uh, industries involved with it. It feels like the team has been a big boost to the city. So mm-hmm. I think adding an arena is a no-brainer. It doesn't seem like it's going to cost people that much money. I think there was like a one-cent tax or something like that, like... There might be something else. I'm forget. I'm forgetting the exact details, 
but to me, it seems like a good deal to keep a, t- a professional basketball team that's about to really pop off in the city. It seems like a no-brainer. From also from what I've read, it feels like the vote will probably pass pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. Even though again, I don't have many ties geographically to Oklahoma City, I want the team to stay there because the fan base is great. I think they deserve to have that team, and. You know, again, this team's about to really skyrocket, it feels like. So having that possibility of them leaving, hanging over the whole franchise's heads probably wouldn't be good for the team as they're trying to uh, develop and grow. It's not something we really want to deal with as fans of the franchise. Exactly. You don't need more distractions like where are we going to be playing next? Yeah, I think it's cool. I I haven't seen any like specific design stuff with the arena. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Paycom center is pretty like, it's fine. I don't think it's that bad of an arena or that old, but obviously I'm not a, an NBA, like official official or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. I don't decide when arenas need to be upgraded or, you know, the upper, the higher ups in the team, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Paycom is the only NBA arena that I've been in. So I, I, I don't have a leg to stand on in terms of that, but um, if I'm not mistaken, Oklahoma's like Oklahomans had uh, what they called the maps. And what my understanding of it is, and this could be completely wrong, but you know, this is like from listening to other people talk about it. My understanding is that they instituted this however long ago to pay for the expansion of downtown and like you know make it grow and like you know put all these new things in there and my understanding is that was like expected to end in like 2024 or something like that and you know what that was was you know the one cent um they pay one cent for every dollar and that was the maps program and so my understanding is it's basically the maps program is ending and it's going to be this so they're not paying anything differently than they've paid you know over this past so many you know, years that the mass program has been affected, okay. you know, being directed to a different source or whatever. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, that doesn't, again, that doesn't sound too crazy. Like mm-hmm. if that's all that is to keep a professional sports team in Oklahoma city, like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a fan, maybe sport, like non-sports fans don't yeah. care, but to me, that seems like a no brainer. Yeah. And I, I think the hang up with a lot of people is just the fact that, they wish the owners would be fronting more money up front. But mm-hmm. as we've said, as many people have said, this isn't really a negotiation. There's not a lot of leverage in terms of like Oklahoma city's camp, like the thunder are doing Oklahoma city a favor in, in this. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the money that they wanted to front, but um, kind of getting back into the press conference. Um, there was something else that Sam Presti talked about. I think the quote, I think I'm talking about the, if you're trying to figure out what you want to say, I think mm-hmm. the quote that he, or like kind of a multiple minute monologue, it was like five minutes talking about superstar trades, I think was really interesting, particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously we've been talking a lot about, you know, when are the Thunder going to make the trade? It feels like at some point a superstar trade is probably coming for OKC with this young core, the amount of picks that they have coming up at some point, it feels like something's going to happen. And a lot of people have said they want it to happen ASAP. I know some Thunder fans were like, Oh, we should go for Dame, which to me never really made sense. I've always pictured it being next summer as like the perfect time. If we're going to make that deal. I still think that is the perfect time. At least, you know, every year after that could be better, but at least right now it feels like next year is way better than this off season ever was. And they asked Sam about that saying, you know, when or is that trade coming? Like some Thunder fans or people have talked about it. Like, is that trade happening soon? And obviously he's not going to be like, yeah, it's happening sooner. He's It's not. But he did make some interesting points, I thought, specifically talking about the assets that we have. And he's like, we don't want to feel like that's what we have to use them for. He's like, these can be tools to do a lot of different things. He talked mm-hmm. about uh, a team like Denver who, you know, just won a championship. And especially now with the new CBA in place, there are limitations on building a team. And if you can have first round picks to get yourself cheap young talent to continue to supplement your roster. Say we don't make a trade. Shay, J-Dub, Giddy, Chet, like all these guys develop the way we think they can. They become one of the best teams in the league and are a championship contender. If you have those picks, you can add, again, really cheap young talent to continue to supplement this team. The, the Nuggets this upcoming year 
are going to be relying on guys like Peyton Watson, for example, who they just drafted. They made more deals for more draft capital this summer to try and keep that going. They're trying to kick the ball down the road and say, okay, how can we keep this team as good as possible for as long as we can? Like they added, I think, a couple of picks in this year's draft throughout the process. It is important to have those assets. But he did note that it is something that they've thought about. Like they're not going to rule anything out because obviously the goal is to win a championship. Like they got to do what they have to do. But he also did mention, you know, maybe you don't have to make a trade because maybe the guys we're looking for are on are on this team already. Mm-hmm. And that's a big reason why, to me, it never made sense to make a deal now. Say you trade like a Jalen Williams and a Giddy or something like that for a superstar. Sure, Shea, another superstar, Chet. Like that's a great team with a really solid bench. But what if Giddy and Jadam go on to become stars somewhere else? And now it's like, well, we could have just kept those guys and not gave up our assets. So to me, it never made sense to make a trade now. You should go into this year, evaluate what you have. And if the team is really good, but it feels like they need that extra boost, sure, go ahead and make the trade then if someone becomes available. But just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it in the moment that we're in right now. So I thought that was particularly interesting from Sam. It was, again, like a five-minute clip of him talking i think Ryland posted it uh so shout out to him for posting that when i checked it out uh but yeah i mean i think it's again it's really interesting because it feels like that's the next step that everyone's taking an eye on and to hear him actually address that and someone shout out to whoever asked that because that's a question like you know when are you going to make the big trade like that's a big thing to ask and i'm glad that they did because i thought it was really insightful when he was talking about that like Keep this team together, see what they can do, and maybe this team pops off and we don't even have to make that superstar trade. We just use the picks to make a couple moves on the edges or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> that's kind of been my thinking of what I thought Sam was going to do in the, and you know this entire time. Like, <clears throat> I would not have been mad about you know trading for a guy like Giannis or you know like a superstar or something like that. But I was always of the mindset that it goes against everything that Presti is and like, you know, everything that he showed us he is in his time in the league and his time at the Oklahoma city thunder. This is a guy that preaches and practices patience uh, in pretty much everything that he does. And so it didn't, it just didn't make sense to me, you know, seeing this guy's body of work, making a move like this, um, you know, whenever he has, Really, you know, not, not, I mean, obviously Shea is different, but he's a star level guy. But three guys that you have scouted and you have selected and you have brought onto this team to be a part of the young core that, you know, two, or, you know, one of which has improved both years he's been here, one of which showed immense promise uh, in, you know, his limited time of the rookie year, just continuously improving. And one who has maybe, if everything clicks, one of the highest ceilings in the NBA. Like you, you have this young core that you really haven't seen together. Like you've seen, you know, bits and pieces. You've seen, you know, flashes, but you haven't really seen. Obviously, all of them play together, but you haven't seen what they can do. And I, it was never in my mindset that Presti was probably going to make a star trade. I always thought he was going to try to make this thing grow organically. He was going to try to see this through. And I think that his plan is, you know, we talk about you know, how the Thunder ownership was cheap during the whole hard-earned trade. And that was, like, the whole narrative. Like, you know, they didn't want to pay, you know, the extra – I don't know, I think it was, like, an extra $4 million in order to, make, you know, retain James Harden as well because they were cheap. And, you know, that's not something they're going to do. But this is an ownership group, and this is a front office that have shown that when we are competing, they are willing to put forth the money. You look back in that last year of Russell Westbrook's contract, or the year prior, I'm sorry, um, most expensive roster of all time. I think it was like $350 million in cap with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams, guys like that. Like The ownership was willing to pay that, pay the luxury tax, pay the repeater tax, do whatever it took. These past few years, we had COVID. We were saving money. We were under the salary floor, I think, two years in a row. We were saving money. We, you know, we just now entered Shea's max contract. He's the only guy that has, you know, max money. Everybody else in this roster is a bargain. Like this ownership group has been taking their time, saving money. And I think when it comes down to it, 
if these guys, if Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, and Chet Holmgren progress like we believe they're going to, I think that they are going to do whatever they can financially within the realms of the CBA to keep that core together long term. And, you know, when you're talking about nickel and diming, you know, in the arena bill, like, you know, I wish they would foot more cash up front. If in turn they are willing to pay this team to keep that young core together, I think I think every single Thunder fan takes that hands down um, 10 times out of 10. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm glad someone asked about that whole situation because it really is interesting to think about. Like it feels like the next progression, depending on how the season goes. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, the story that he ta- he had with Chet where I think – I can't remember what game he mentioned. It was one where we got like a big win. It might have been against the Blazers when Shea had the game winner. Um, but we had like a big win, and he said he was on the road. He wasn't there for the game. He was at a college game. And he said that like we had this big game, and he was uh, watching it, like keeping updates and stuff. And he said he immediately thought about Chet, who he knows really wants to be out there, and he wasn't able to be part of that moment. He said mm-hmm. he called him like right after the game ended and like told me he's like, hey, like – don't worry, like you were going to be part of these moments and not too long and kind of reassured him, which I thought was super cool to yeah. just do that in the first place. Shows how much he cares about the players and to do that in a guy like Chet who really does seem to have that mentality of, I want to be better than everyone else. Like he loves just hooping. He like tweeted so many times throughout the season, free seven, like I want to hoop. I can't wait to hoop again. Like it probably hurts a lot to watch your team play at that level and have those big moments and nearly make the playoffs and be like, I could be out there. I could be helping them in these moments and not get to be there. So I thought that was cool from Sam Presti. I think it shows that connection that he has with the guys. Uh, He also talked about when referring to Chet, he was asked, I think specifically about how this year off has helped Chet. He talked about him being stronger and just getting a year to kind of work with the team and things like that. But he also noted that because someone was asking like, how do you think this team improves with Chet. And he said, I want to make it clear, like we are not last year's team that's adding Chet. With Chet, we are a different team. Like this is a new team is what he added. And to me, that shows a lot of belief and it shows that Chet is going to be really involved and have a big role, which is expected and should be the case. But it's cool to see how much he regards Chet by not saying, you know, oh, we're adding Chet this year. It's going to change this and that. By saying, no, this is a different team with Chet involved because of how good he is and how good he can be. Yeah, absolutely. And gosh, man, it just gets me. It gets me very excited. Like I'm, I'm, very, st- I'm so, so stoked excited to see Chat, dude. I'm so stoked. I tweeted out literally yesterday, like Chat highlights that I was just watching. I was like, I can't believe like he's going to be part of the team this upcoming year. It's We're within ridiculous. two weeks of Chet versus Wimby potential. <laughs> we are, man. I I cannot wait. And less than a month away now from the regular season. Yeah. It's Man. it's wild. Um, I, I think the last thing that I wanted to mention that he said, um, talking about Josh Giddy and his foul drawing and the kind of uptick that we saw in FIBA and if that's going to carry over. And basically, I, I can't remember if you put a number to it, but he was basically saying, listen, this is year three. Josh Giddy's six foot nine. He's getting hacked every time he's coming to the lane. He's paid his dues. It's high time for him to get the respect he deserves at the free throw line. Yeah, he was. He mentioned like Josh knowing that's an area like he needs to improve, like he needs to go into contact and stuff like that. But like you said, he also mentioned like he's like he. I think he specifically said like he's six nine. There's a lot of him that people are like hitting and stuff like yeah. that. So I think that is true. Josh doesn't get a lot of respect. Obviously, Shea mm-hmm. got respect finally this past year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Josh is next up on that. Maybe Jada might take Chet a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think the last thing I wanted to mention is uh, the rebuild or not rebuild uh, rebrand that someone asked him about like, Oh, like, is there a rebrand coming or anything like that? He was, he talked about like it being a possibility at some point down the line. He's like, you know, we got to stay true to our identity. We haven't been here that long and all that stuff. So it doesn't sound like a rebrand is coming anytime soon, mm-hmm. but it did sound like there was one possible at some point down the line, you know, maybe when we become championship contenders or, I don't know. We'll see. But it's interesting that he asked about that. So, yeah, I think that's kind of it. I'm looking back through um, some of these quotes to see if there's anything else I wanted to mention. 
I want to ask you about the rebrand, like, because I, I don't think I've ever got your thoughts on this. Um, so, like, first of all, like, just blanket statement. Do you think this team needs a rebrand? I don't think they need one. I think it'd be okay. cool, but I don't think we need one. I think we've got some pretty nice jerseys. I, I wish the Loves patch looked different. That's the one thing that bugs me consistently. Just blend it in, man. Just if you made it, like, like, just color it to the jersey. It would look, like, genuinely good, I think, if you mm-hmm. just – recolored it and didn't have it as that color on everything but outside of that the the logo is not great but i've become accustomed to it and i think it's kind of cool in some ways it's not a great logo but mm-hmm. there could certainly be worse i like the color scheme a lot i don't expect yeah. that to change when we rebrand but i think we have some really good jerseys the orange ones are great i've liked a lot of our city jerseys recently uh the blue ones our classics and like i think all of our main jerseys the sunset ones the blue ones and the white ones are all really nice i like a lot of our city ones maybe i'm biased but i i don't think we need a rebrand it would be fun to get a rebrand i think it'd be exciting but yeah i don't think we really need one and now it's got me thinking about what our city jerseys can look like i want an all-black jersey like i'm big on like like just plain like black jerseys mm-hmm. i hope we get something like that this year like i think that would be cool i don't expect it but it'd be cool yeah that'd be wild man um, no, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I think, you know, when I say we need rebrand, like I'm agreeing with these people, I'm thinking like really just the logo. Yeah. Like I, I like the colors. I, you know, like you, I like the jerseys. I think that even the blue and whites, the ones that like people hate the most, like I think whenever they made the colors brighter and they changed, you know, they switched, you know, which trim was on the outside, but it really made the jerseys pop and they look a lot better now. And I really like them at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, the statement jerseys, any of the jerseys with like, you know, the offset lettering, uh, phenomenal for me. Uh, if we were to rebrand and we just like rebranded around that, like I'd be all for it. Like, I think that like, you know, that's a really cool concept. Um, city jerseys, obviously like, the past like the gray ones were awesome um i liked i liked the nascar ones i thought those were like extremely underrated i thought i also like those i have one of those i thought it was cool yeah the white ones like they were fine like you know they they it was cool we got our you know our own court with those Those i thought the white ones with the alt court specifically were great yeah i really liked them with the court on their own i thought they were cool uh, but with the court specifically, like I really like them. I hope we do another alt court. That was that was cool. Yeah, we need to do more of those. But now the 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 thing with the white ones is it just reminded me of that episode of the Fairway Odd Parents where everybody was just gray blobs and everybody was the same. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that, that's all I saw anytime I saw that. But yeah, no, I, I really like the jerseys. I really like the color scheme. I love the team name. Like, don't change it. Thunder is like an awesome name. It is a it, great basketball team name. It feels like a basketball yeah. team. Like if you're going to rebrand anything, just rebrand the logo. Like incorporate the bison if you want to. Incorporate thunder and lightning if you want to. Like just take away the like Dorito NCAA looking logo. The Dorito, and- the Dorito is definitely not the best part. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't use any like like they should have used like more lightning or like like you said like the the buffalo like put rumble in there or something like that i don't know i think they're they could get a lot more creative with it and i mm-hmm. hope when we do rebrand we do get creative with it and it's not like a couple like touch-ups here and there like i hope we do something yeah. fun but like you said i hope we keep everything outside like the logo like the jerseys will change a little bit which i think is fine mm-hmm. keeping the same color scheme because i think it's great but yeah i would like to see more alternate courts i think that's something that's super cool um yeah, I'd let's see know. yellow utilized more. Yellow I would too. I'm surprised we never use yellow like ever. Like we used like that gold color a little bit with the with the gray jerseys in 2020. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Like those jerseys yeah, were yeah. sick. I really like those. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I wish we did more stuff with yellow. I also feel like orange, like, I don't know. I, I just really like the orange jerseys. When we move to whatever we do next. I hope we keep the orange jerseys. And like you, I love like the offset lettering that they do with like kind of the O, like the O kind of being like a diagonal type thing. Like I mm-hmm. love that. That's one of my favorite things we do with the jersey. So just do more of that. Like you said, I'm with you, Dylan. If they did that for like all the jerseys, I'm cool with it. Rock and roll, let's do it. Like, that's yeah. it'd be fire, man. Like you know, I've 
I've seen concepts. Obviously, you know, we've got the navy one, we've got the orange one, and uh, I've I've seen. I mean, what the? Well, we have the original one that's like black and blue and orange, but we have the navy ones that looks like Mavericks jerseys. Wasn't didn't it say Thunder across the chest? Was it Offset or was it just normal Thunder? I don't. I'm blanking now. I think it was. I think it was just normal. Okay. Well, take it out of my mind. Uh, those were my least favorite anyway. So it looks like Mavericks jerseys. Um, yeah, it was just. It was just Thunder across. I like those. Yeah, I would have liked to see. I wish the. I wish the orange popped more. Like it was like that red, like clay color. And I know the reason for why they did that. But if that was like a bright, like popping orange, I think it would have looked a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For sure. But yeah, those, those are kind of my ideas on the rebrand. Like, you know, I I think everything's fine. Mostly the logo just kind of needs to be modernized and make more sense. Everything else and use yellow more. That's, that's my wish list. Just modernize the logo, use yellow. We're good. If we're getting picky, use the use the statement design. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh that that's what I got, man. But yeah, I think I think that kind of covers the Presty Presser. Like, you know, all in all, he's still preaching patience, you know, he's still trying to temper expectations, but I, I would say he's not so much saying wait anymore. He's kind of just saying we'll see. Like, let's just be steady. Like, you know, we're kind of at where we're at where we're at right now. Like, let's just go through it. Like, you know, we're not being patient. We're not pushing forward. We're just kind of where we're at right now. Let's see what we got. Let's see what this team looks like. Let's see what this team looks like with chat. And next year, let's go do this thing. Yeah. I want, I want to end off a quote that he said um, talking about, you know, he was being asked about expectations and things like that, like what the goal is. Um, I had the specific quote pulled up, and now I got to scroll down. I messed this whole thing up. But he Dang said, it, he said that they want to be playing games when it's warm outside, and you drive to the game with your windows down. That's what he said. <laughs> that's what we want to do. Hopefully, that's what ends up happening this year. Get some playoff basketball in OKC, and I'll say it: we make the playoffs. I'm there. I'm doing whatever I can to get to OKC. First playoff game back there. I will be there. I'm going to make it a mission. I would love to say that, but hey, I'm going to I'm going to try my darndest if it happens. I, Bro, I was ready to make that. some very irresponsible financial decisions if we won that playing game against the Timberwolves. I was going to make I was going to make that trip. It would have it would have been ridiculously expensive and mm-hmm. probably not a good idea, but damn, would that have been nice. It really is crazy to think about we were four quarters of basketball away from being a playoff team this past year. Like that's Ooh. Yeah, we was probably a black eye away from being a playoff team, in my opinion, because when Shea went down, we was down like seven or nine at that point, and it was in the third quarter. We all know third quarter Shea, third quarter Thunder. Who knows what was going to happen, man? Yeah, so that the, the black eye that, you know, being the black eye of the league comes yeah. back and gets us again, huh? Comes full yeah. circle, man. Comes it full does. circle. But hey, we but, closed it off, the full circle. So, like, we're we did. Look at off. us, Dylan. Let's move Look past. So... Uh, yeah, man. So uh, Friday, we will be potting once again. I believe it'll be a Dolan pod. We'll have Stephen Dolan on here. Uh, do have some guests lined up, but we have the one and only NBA University lined up to come on this pod and preview the Thunder season. So very excited for that. Um, he's been very complimentary of the Thunder on the timeline for really the past like year and a half. So excited to see you know what he's got to say about this team. And, you know, we will – Still be lining up guests up until the season starts. As we mentioned, we are within two weeks from the first preseason game on October 9th. Uh, training camp starts next Monday. Uh, media day. Alex will be boots on the ground. I think Jerry's also going to be there. Maybe Tyranny's going to be there. Maybe he talks about the cockroaches. Media think- Tyranny would be incredible. We uh, need that. It would be amazing. I just I just wanted to be like, uh, Shay, real quick, uh, have you had any issues with any cockroaches in your uh, living area since you've been in OKC? It's like, no, let me tell you about mine. Yeah, that would be – we need tyranny content. I really hope he gets there because yeah. I think Alex will keep it steady. Jerry will be somewhat unhinged, and we'll have tyranny be the complete wild card in the whole scenario. And the world needs that. The world needs someone to go ask Usman Jang questions. If – Someone's got to go ask Usman Jang about if he knows about Jang Gang from you. 
Uh, we we need it to happen. It has to happen. Yeah, Jerry has been to one media day. Uh, I think it was the Chris Paul year. And, you know, a lot of the times, like, you know, your first time there, you kind of, like, fill it out. You know, you, you might ask a question towards the end once you get to, like, the lower key guys. Jerry was full-on volume shooter from jump, just asking Good. Chris Paul, Stephen. He said, Stephen, is this year you're finally going to start shooting threes? And that year in the preseason – or, yeah, that year in the preseason, mm-hmm. he shot the first three from the corner and he never shot one again. Well, he made like the half court three, but mm-hmm. they ran a play and it looked good. I don't know why he just never tried it. It was disappointing. I was like, oh my God, this is the year. Jerry knew, but then yeah. they just teased Jerry and were like, haha, we're actually not going to do it. <laughs> Jerry, the Oracle. But yeah, no, we'll have boots on the ground for that. And obviously, training camp begins immediately after that. So we will be talking about any and all news that comes out of training camp. And then before you know it, we're going to have actual Thunder basketball to be talking about. So very exciting times here on the Top of Thunder podcast. Uh, If you guys are joining us on YouTube, on the Believe YouTube, I hope you like the look. Shout out to the guys at Believe for the layout on StreamYard. Um, Yeah, and uh, we will be posting more content in the future for that as well. So hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder Thunder up. up. Cone, that had, that was negative energy, my friend. I, I, oh, I was just trying to make sure we were synced. Okay, give me one more. Do it again. Run it back, run it back, run it back. And as always, thunder, thunder up. up. Yeah. There we go. That was Sorry, bad. time to go to bed. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Top of Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.